Welcome to Idol Gossip, a UK pop culture podcast hosted by Natalie Halbert and Emma Hickson. Switch off your busy brains and tune in to some smoky gossip. Hello, hello. Welcome back for episode two. Whoop, whoop. It's been quite the week. We've launched our first episode, which was going to just be a test episode, but then we thought we'd throw it out there into the ether. So Emma, how's your week been? It's been really good. Thanks, Nat. I've got a little story for you. I was on a job last week. It was the end of the job, so we've done a long day of filming. Quite a few people who want to go to the cloakroom to pick up their bags and coats and whatever. Mm. And there was a long queue. So I kind of make my way to the queue. I'm quite tired, end of a long day. I'm just standing there, kind of in my own space. I know there is someone in front of me. I'm not really aware of who they are. And then they leave the queue. Then someone comes back into the queue in front of me. I don't know if it's the same person or not, but I I don't really care. I'm just stood there like, okay, cool, fine. A few minutes passes and there's this person behind me like huffing and puffing. So there's something up. And then she taps me on the shoulder and she's like, were were they always there or did they just push in? (laughs) And I was like, I don't know. Sorry, I'm not paying attention. And she's like, I think they pushed in. They pushed in in front of you. And I was like, oh, well, I can't really be bothered to do anything about it. But this woman was not having it. So first of all, she did that really British thing of not talking to the person, but talking about them in quite loud, dismissive voices behind them, being like, oh. Oh, so passive aggressive. I hate it when people push into queues. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh how British. That's so British. And so complaining British. passive aggressively about a queue jumper. And then in this interaction the queue's moving forwards she then moves ahead of me so she is now ahead of me in the queue and I'm like hang on and she's still angry about this woman pushing in front of her but you've just pushed in front of me and me being totally British I don't do anything about it you had to be the queuing Karen's punch bag you had to shoulder the burden of her anger towards the other exactly. person. Yeah, I was the only one who suffered in this thing. But I was just like, oh, I don't care. So we just kept going to the end of the queue. There is karma in the world, that because I managed to get my bag before both of them. They were just stood there like lemons for ages. Uh-huh. my bag. <laughs> you came out triumphant. Exactly. It was my British queuing story. What was the job you were doing? You can't ask me that. <laughs> it was just a filming job. I can't. I can't say. <gasps> oh my yeah. god, that's so exciting! <gasps> and now I'm going to be wondering what it is. How was your week, Nat? My week has been good because we launched this podcast, which is something I've been wanting to do for so long, and all of a sudden it's just almost happened overnight, which has been amazing. So it's been great. We launched the podcast. We have been interacting with the Maths UK cast. We're so cool. They're so interactive on social media. It's amazing. And by the way, we are going for a Prosecco brunch with Tash and Jay. We'll just need to coordinate diaries. (laughs) Oh my God, yes. I'm in. Love them. They just seem like real girls, girls, you know, just like down to earth, no frills, no bitchiness. (laughs) It was when Tasha was like, Owls your vagina in her thick northern accent. I was like, I want to hang out with you. <laughs> so yeah, that's been really good. So thank you to everyone who tuned in, who followed us on Instagram, and sort of stuck with us for our first ever episode. And yeah, if you if you like this episode, just give us a rating on Spotify because it will help us get our name out there in a sea of podcasts. So yeah, oh but God, that's, that yeah. was a good week. Yeah, but that was a good that was a good week. And and that um, you're officially an influencer now. How do you feel? <laughs> 
I mean, it's overwhelming. I'm overwhelmed. I don't know how you cope with it all. <laughs> it's just the pressure, man. I step outside the house, the paparazzi are there. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God. So just so everyone knows, our roles in this is Nat is on the social media. What she does best, the one-liners. And I'm editor. Your chief operations officer. The boring one. <laughs> no, the technical. The technical sided one. Winging it. But also bringing the inside scoop from the world of thespianing and queuing for your coat. <laughs> it's not all glitz and glamour. <laughs> High entertainment value you guys are getting. I love, I love the inside scoop. In fact, that brings us very neatly onto your update on the writer's actor's strike. Yes, actor's strike is still going. But the writer's strike has officially finished. Whoop, whoop, contracts have been signed. They were on strike for 148 days and now they've signed a new contract. So what is in this contract? Better pay, pensions, money for healthcare. This is all in America. This is an American strike, but it definitely will affect productions all around the world. Also, they have won protection against AI. What this means is that AI cannot write or edit scripts which writers have been assigned to. So that is fantastic news. They now have a minimum number of writers on a show. Also, they get residuals every time something is streamed. So this means every time you watch something, a writer gets a cut of that. Really good news. Amazing. Yeah, it hurts my soul that this was even going to be a threat using ChatGPT or generative AI to produce scripts for things. I don't know if you've used ChatGPT. I haven't yet. I'm kind of a bit scared of it. I use it a fair bit, but not to produce creative content. I do it to get over that initial writer's block because there's nothing more confronting than a, a blank page of paper. For example, writing a cover letter, I'll be like, write me a cover letter for a job in this this role at this company. What it will produce will be an absolute load of crap like it will be the most long-winded, inauthentic stuff, words I would never, ever, ever say. And they just make stuff up. They'll be like, I did this for 10 years. No, I didn't. Oh <laughs> so it just is so cringy and you can you can smell it a mile off. If right. a, if somebody was to hire me based on the cover letter I submitted from ChatGPT, they'd look at me and then they'd read the cover letter and think this girl did not write that cover letter this is not her tone of voice this is robotic it is generic it is long-winded but what chat gpt does do is it prompts you to remember you're like okay well i actually didn't do that for 10 years but i did do this for three years right so it gives you a bit of a framework for writing which is the hardest part in my experience you will edit 99 percent of what it puts out there and what the end result will be will be vastly different to what generative ai produces yeah okay so in that way it's useful it's useful for jogging your creative juices i guess yeah okay yeah tangent and actually <laughs> god the segues are so so smooth today because that can then bring us on to dun, dun, dun. the first topic of conversation which is lawrence fox because oh. did you know he was an actor before he became an awful person yeah i did i'm so sorry oh god <laughs> shame well, don't be ashamed emma because equity the union that you mentioned last week have said and i've got a quote from them equity are amazing they called him a disgrace to our industry i love this love them love them for this well done equity disgrace well done equity i think they've since sort of backtracked a bit but it doesn't matter they said it they said it it's out there <laughs> we've taken it we've it's on our podcast it's out there so lawrence fox or loza fox as he is known on social media people joke 
that he is a a case study for getting therapy after a divorce <laughs> because he was married to Billy Piper, fairly unproblematic, 90s icon turned actress. I love Billy. I love Billy. I met her in a pub once. Did you? What was she like? I don't know. I just saw her in the pub toilet when I was like nine. <laughs> we were so excited. <laughs> Did you talk to her? No, we were too scared. I was with Sarah. We were just like, oh, this is so exciting. And then we ran out and told her parents. Did she do a wee or a poo? <laughs> Sorry, I need to grow up. I don't know. Billy, if you could confirm that for us, that'd be great. <laughs> Anyway, Billy Piper's bowel movements aside, Sir Lawrence is an actor, um, which I kind of thought, I thought I knew that, but then I was still surprised to read it. And I don't know whether I thought maybe he was in something once and then went on to just be very politically outspoken. But no, he's actually been in quite a few things. So he was in a film called The Hole, which is ironic because that's what people call him now. He was in a detective drama series, Lewis. (laughs) And this is my favourite one. In 2021, he was in a film called My Son Hunter, which is a film that centres on Joe Biden and Hunter Biden's alleged corruption. Wow. Um, It's been promoted mostly on very far right-wing channels in the US. So that's kind of where the intersection of his views and his traditional career meet in the middle. So after sort of, you know, making his name as an actor, he has been better known for his controversies. So he has tweeted images of swastikas. He has condemned the Black Lives Matter movement and countered it with the All Lives Matter slogan on his social media platforms. His brother-in-law is the very unproblematic Richard Ioardi, aka Moss from the IT crowd. Do you remember him? Yes. Yeah, that's his brother-in-law. Wow. Who's just all round very funny guy I think quite left-leaning from what I can gather very intelligent yeah very intelligent and according to Wikipedia they engaged in a a very public vocal feud I'm not sure what platform it was on but Lawrence Fox asked uh, Richard Ioardi who is half Nigerian to basically publicly support him in his problematic all lives matter views (laughs) this is where it gets kind of funny Ayoade basically said no I'm not doing that and he said that Lawrence has never even encountered racism Lawrence Fox said yes I have I worked in Kenya once (laughs) oh my god okay just leave that there Other controversies, he during the pandemic, he encouraged us to partake in anti-lockdown protests. He uh, discouraged the vaccine. He has supported Russell Brand since the allegations came out, retweeting his uh, explanation video, which basically positions Brand as the victim in all of that. But we could we could talk for hours about his scandals. Okay, so that's a bit of background. So why is he in the news at the minute? So there's a few things. One of his other sort of controversies is he's traditionally been very anti-trans, quite transphobic. That's not largely why he's in the news at the moment, although that's part of it because of the obvious political landscape at the moment. And, you know, we don't need to get into that now, but we will say, yeah, we're very um, sorry that the trans community are going through what they're going through right now. And we stand with you 100%. Absolutely. Completely. It's sickening to see what people like Lawrence Fox and our Prime Minister um, are, are saying at the moment. It's, it's infuriating. But Lawrence Fox is in the news for two things, really. He had a regular slot on the free-to-air opinion-centred news channel GB News. He was on the show with Dan Wooten, equally problematic man. 
Um, again, we could have a whole other episode on him. He is not a nice man. They basically were talking about Ava Evans, the other journalist on the news website, Joe. And they were basically just being completely degrading towards her. Lawrence Fox said, what self-respecting man would climb into bed with her? Dan Wooten laughed. Fox got suspended. Dan Wooten got suspended. Fox has since been sacked. And sidebar on Dan Wooten as well. Do you know much about Dan Wooten? Because I didn't before I looked into this. I didn't even know who he was. To be honest, I didn't know who he was. It's my partner who knows who he is. And my partner can't stand him. He's a media bully. He bullies Meghan Markle. He bullies a lot of women in the media. There's been allegations that he was largely behind a lot of the media coverage in the run-up to Caroline Flack's death. In fact, Caroline Flack's fiancé has accused him of driving her to, to take her own life. Wasn't there an allegation that he was texting people under a different phone number and he was sending abusive messages? Yes, that's right. What's really interesting is that when I tried to find information on that, there were sort of snippets on the Google search results. I clicked through, all the articles have been deleted. No. The articles from The Guardian and The Mirror, they were talking about his, his sexual offences. They've since been taken down. So I think he threatened legal action. And the articles that were bullying Caroline Flack also have been taken down. The only thing I could find was accusations from her ex-fiancé that he was bullying her. And my partner was very much sort of following the news at the time. Um, and he sort of vouched for it. He was like, yeah, he was he was out to get Caroline Flack. So I saw something about you, Les? <laughs> so this is his latest. What? Basically, he'll look at whatever the general dialogue is and go against it. Although, to be fair, ULES has been controversial. For those of you who aren't familiar with what ULES is, it was a London initiative that was introduced in 2019 to um, discourage drivers of high-polluting vehicles from using roads in central London. Now, uh, in 2023, the ULES zones expanded across all of London boroughs, which was... Very controversial because um, the non-compliant cars do have to pay a charge of £12.50 a day. There's quite a lot of vans, quite a lot of um, vans that use diesel and that aren't compliant. So there has been claims that this is unfair for tradespeople, it's unfair for carers who, who need to be driving to and from their locations every day in cars that are quite often non-compliant. So we won't get into that now. What we'll talk about is what Lawrence Fox has done. <laughs> so, Lawrence Fox um, has been accused of inciting, <laughs> kind of like a storming the capital, but on a much smaller, less terrifying scale. He has been under arrest for praising so-called ULES Blade Runners, who are a vigilante group who are vandalising cameras across London, ULES cameras across London. So he's been encouraging them, he's been praising them, and he has said on a video posted on his Twitter account, he said, I encourage them to tear down every single camera there is, and I will be joining them. Wow. <laughs> Not the wisest thing to do when you have such a huge social media following. Uh, the police raided his home and arrested him and he live streamed the whole thing. Did the police find a load of ULES cameras like in his back room? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? I actually don't know. I would love to know what they did find though. Pit posters of himself all around the walls. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, did you see his tweet? This isn't 
funny at all, but he he dressed up in like blackface oh and God. said that he was going to racially transition. <gasps> he put an Afro wig on. I'm sorry, how how is this guy still going? Uh, what? He has a, a cult following. One of these podcasts, we are going to do a whole episode without talking about men in power having a cult following. I know. <laughs> Welcome to podcast 101. <laughs> oh, it's it's happening a lot and it's scary. But uh, yeah, so that's the situation with Lawrence Fox. So we'll uh, we'll see how that unfolds, but it will be interesting to see. Brilliant. Thanks, that. Right, I think let's move on. Let's talk about a more appealing man, in my opinion. David Beckham. He has aged like a fine wine. <laughs> He's beautiful, isn't he? Have you seen the new documentary? I didn't think I would actually enjoy this documentary, but I'm, I, so I'm only on episode three. I am finding it fascinating. Also, I think a lot of things went over my head when he was in his prime. So I'm kind of learning a lot about what happened back then. Mainly about the media. And it was around that time, Diana time, Posh and Beck, so Beckham, Victoria Beckham, were just absolutely hounded by the paparazzi and the press. And I didn't even realise about the World Cup and the absolute abuse that he got after that game. It was the 1998 World Cup, England v Argentina, and Beckham got a red card, which meant he got sent off the pitch, and they lost this match against Argentina and they were out of the World Cup. And the abuse that followed continued for months, years. He was booed every time he was on the pitch. He was booed every time he touched the ball. There were cheers, like a goal had been scored, every time David Beckham was tackled. And they did chance for him, they did chants about Victoria, and they were hounded by the press everywhere they went. It's like mob mentality. It was horrific to see. Did he have children at this point? Yeah, because on the documentary, it was revealed that Victoria told David that she was pregnant the night of that game. And I was watching, and I actually said to my family, I was like, they are not about to pin the loss of this game on Victoria, are they? Like, <gasps> please do not tell me this is where they're heading. They kind of grazed the subject. In my opinion, they did... They did push that a bit hard. Baby was born, what, nine months later, so it was at very much the same time. And as soon as... Firstborn. Firstborn. Brooklyn, was it? Brooklyn. Yeah. And straight away, they got kidnapping threats <gasps> for their newborn baby. And they were terrified. This is way before mental health was a thing. They just went through this together, and they just had to hold it in. Imagine the whole country hating you. It's awful. It's really sad. Have we evolved the abuse that like Marcus Rashford was getting last couple of years ago? You're still seeing it now. Absolutely. And although I think there are more people sticking up and saying, no, this is wrong. And obviously mental health is more talked about now. I do think social media is still a gateway for mob mentality. And people are even more likely to say something because they can do it anonymously. No, I don't think it's gone away. I think it's just changed in the way that it's presented. Yeah. I think he was getting, like, letters at the time, wasn't he? Which is so sinister. People were actually taking time to write letters, walk to a post box, post the letters. For some reason, that feels more sinister than just getting out your phone and putting something on social, even though, like, that is also bad. Definitely. I know. How angry do you have to be to write an abusive letter to someone. Do something better with your life. It speaks volumes about the human psychology. But it is amazing the the passion. No, I'm going to say the emotion because no one ever talks about the emotion behind football games. Whereas in, it is entirely emotional. Yeah, 
incredibly emotional. And in the World Cup happens every four years, like, move on. I did love Victoria's, no, every time she's like, yeah, I don't like football. I like watching him play. I still don't like football. <laughs> I love Victoria. I watched the last episode, so I didn't watch the first three. I just watched the last one. So together, we, between us, we've watched all four of them. See, we just do it for the fans, people. We're doing it for you. I restarted my Netflix subscription just so I could watch it. But what were your main takeaways then from the episodes you watched? My main takeaways were the bullying and the mob mentality. I just felt a lot for the Beckhams. I didn't really know many of the inside details before, and now I do. Although I know that the last episode continue, contains a lot more drama. And I know you're about to tell me about that. Well... Is it going to change my mind? No, I don't think it was. Okay. It was anticlimactic. Oh. At the end of the day, this is a documentary that has been put together with the Beckhams, so it's not going to put them in a in a bad light. I don't know what I was expecting. But what I had done before I watched this episode was I had listened to a three-part podcast series from um, Shameless Media. So they have a, a scandal series where they do deep dives into scandals like this one. And it's brilliant. So I'd really recommend that. So... There's a lot of stuff that they don't talk about in, in the documentary, and that's really around the Rebecca Lewis scandal. In 2004, David Beckham was accused of having an affair with his personal assistant, Rebecca Lewis. The News of the World paid her £350,000. I don't think they'd have done that unless they felt like they had proof. She apparently showed them texts from her phone from David. The News of the World and Rebecca Lewis camped out in a hotel... News of the World actually booked out all the hotel rooms so no other journalists could stay there and get no. get the story. Yeah. And they were it was an attempt to entrap David Beckham basically. Um wow. didn't work. But Lou said she would go to court over this and she had intimate details of something on Beckham's body that no one else would know unless they'd slept with him. So I'm like, what's he got? Is his penis shaped like a curly whirly? I don't know. A snake tattoo on his balls. <laughs> like, what is it? So yes, this isn't really talked about in the documentary. But they don't mention Rebecca Lewis's name. They just mentioned there had been accusations of an affair. Victoria Beckham says she resented David Beckham for putting her in this position where the press were hounding them following them everywhere they both very much deny the accusations they both say it wasn't true it was ludicrous she made it up and it it really impacted their marriage but they've gone through it and they're stronger than ever at the end of the episode it just shows them dancing together to islands in the stream and it's all very sweet very wholesome and you think that god they're lovely what a power couple and i think I think they are. I also have a cynical opinion on it as well, which is that I have heard that David Beckham is a known philanderer, <laughs> for want of a better word. I have heard this too. <gasps> have you? I have heard that. So yeah. I've heard this because but someone I know was on a journalism course and one of the teachers was a ex-Mirror journalist and she said it's it's something that they are able to very much bury in the media. They've got like an agreement, so they don't even talk about it. But they all know within the media that he's a top shagger. <laughs> <laughs> and he he basically just, he makes these women sign NDAs and Victoria's happen because their brand is so valuable. Obviously, this is gossip. It's not a verified source, but that's still in my head and I was watching it thinking that the whole time. It's good. It's a good watch. Victoria 
just seems really funny and just down to earth. She does, doesn't she? The clip about her saying she's from a working class background and then David was like, what car did your father drive? A Rolls Royce. That is funny. (laughs) They do have good bants. They have good bants. She's quite relatable and down to earth. And I've always thought she was funny. I've always thought she was misunderstood. The media always portrayed her to be this ice queen. They blamed her during the alleged affair saying, you know, she'd, she'd left him. She'd abandoned him even though he was the one to go off to Madrid while she was left looking after the kids. But of course the woman gets blamed. Of course. Of course. But she, you know, she kept a stiff upper lip and they were like, oh, she's pouting, she's sulking. And she's actually really funny. Like, if you actually look for for funny things she said, she's quite a funny person. Should we try go for a Prosecco brunch with Victoria Beckham as well? I doubt she drinks Prosecco. Only the finest champagne. <laughs> but yeah, me, you, Vicky B, champagne brunch. Oh my God. I, I would probably spend my life savings to make that happen. Yes! It's maths time, everyone. We put it at the end of this episode because we appreciate not everyone watches Married at First Sight. <laughs> but we love it. All my opinions have changed. Yes, I'm glad. Because you love Brent Shona. <laughs> I loved everyone. What a difference a week can make. Roz and Thomas, what do you think of them? Right, okay. Uh, I think Roz has the ick and that she wants to get out of there. Yeah. And I'm not a fan of Thomas. I don't understand him. In the first week on the honeymoon, he was saying that he, he wasn't very affectionate and didn't want to hold her hand or give her cuddles. And now he's saying, oh, yeah, but I'm a really physical person and I like hugs and, and she's just not giving me that. And I just think, ugh. You're such a victim. Ugh. But you know what? It's all relevant because I think she's got the ick and I don't. I think they'll last one more week. No. Yeah, I do as well. I feel like she got a lot of slut-shaming because she slept with him to see if she liked him or if there was chemistry. However, though, Matt, if it was reversed, it would be awful. I don't think she should have done that. I think it was a bad call. And I think if it was reversed, there'll be outrage. That's a good point. I don't think you sleep with someone for a test. Don't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> anyway. No, you're right. If it was the other way around, there would be backlash. So you're right. I agree with you there. But I do think the internet is being very unkind towards Roz. And they're being quite mean about her. And I just think... I think she's really sweet. I think she's sweet. I think it's a, tr- it's a fine line to tread because you want to have opinions on this. That's the whole point of Married at First Sight. Like, we're having opinions on it right now. But I think there is a line that people need to learn. And it's like, when you cross that line and start taking jabs at people's, like, appearance rather than their behaviour, yeah. that's where I think you have to draw the line i think when people are acting shitty on tv yeah call it out but when it's like saying nasty things about how someone looks just don't be mean but okay who else have we got so we've got jay and luke i don't think there's much to say about them they're wonderful i love them i hope they get married in real life yeah although i think think luke has a bit of growing up to do i think he has said some things from like oh come on luke Again, don't be mean, don't be rude. Just stick with your own relationship. Calling Laura a gold digger. Yeah. He didn't really apologise for that. He was just like, yeah, well, that's my opinion. Okay, I love Laura. I think she came across really well, really stuck up for herself in a really mature way and handled that situation on her own, without her partner. I like her. Where did he get the gold digger thing from? He judged her because she said that she likes Chelsea boys. That's Is that all he had to go on? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's annoying then. She's very articulate and I really liked the way she made her point about just because I'm well-spoken, just because I dress well, does not mean I'm a gold digger. And she's, yeah, she's got her own thing going on. Like, she's got her own career. And yeah, I like her as well. I like her. 
I think she's decent. Arthur's obviously off sick. <laughs> Come on, Arthur. Come back, Arthur. We need you back on our screens. Nat's like, do you need a nurse? Yeah. <laughs> Who else have we got? So we've got... Uh... Tasha and Paul. Oh, yeah, they're cute. Love. Love them. Not much to say. I love just how genuine they are. Say whatever comes out of their mouth. They're cute. Keep being cute. Parents and Portia. They've done a 180. What's going on there? They have. I, I feel like they've sellotaped the cracks and they're just pretending, oh, yeah, we are totally compatible. It will all come out in the end. But at least they're happy right now. They got through Spoongate, which has happened since our last episode. That was so funny. And then, and then Jay's like, it's a fucking spoon. <laughs> so funny. But, yeah, they're over that. They seem to be doing okay. We'll see. Just a quick one on the star signs, by the way, because we mentioned the star signs last week and looked at the star signs of the maths contestants because I'm just that cool. And they're all very disappointing. I'm not even going to bother going into it. There's no, like, smoky, explosive couples there. I was expecting some Geminis mixed with some Leos. But no, none of that. Nothing. How boring. But Brad and Sean. Oh, my God. It's really, like, spine-tingling to watch. It's quite scary now. So, like, some of the things he's just done in the past week, he said, if I allow her to get angry, is she ever going to learn? Uh, Mel Schilling, the expert, said, how do you feel? Do you feel like he's preaching to you? Brad started to answer that question for her, and Mel was like, I'm asking Shona. I love that. I was like, yes, Mel. I love Mel's facial expressions as well. I saw the most on-point thing on Instagram from um, an account called Emma in Progress UK. She's a gender-based policy expert and she put it so well. She just said, love bombing is a key stage of emotional abuse. It's, it's characterised by excessive attention, admiration. It will make the recipient feel dependent and obligated to that person. And then once the love bomber has gained your trust, the switch happens, which is exactly what we've seen. Brad was acting like he was so besotted with Shona. Then he switched completely, put her down said she's emotionally immature, so belittling her. It's really scary. Then, because you've had a taste of how it could be in the love bombing stage, you're more willing to give them leeway and make excuses and think, well, if I'm just less annoying, he'll return to the lovely man I first met. When she put that, honestly, I was like, this is completely on point. This is everything he's done. And the isolation as well getting so aggressive and angry because she's upset about what other people are thinking in the experiment because he doesn't want her to listen to anyone else's opinions apart from his so he can control her you and me against the world it's the isolation stage of love bombing the expert said do you feel equal to brad and she just said i feel like he's above me but i think that's just me in life she's blaming herself so sad i felt like it switched. You know when they had to do that task? And she basically asked these questions, hoping he was going to say really nice things about her. And he just came out and was like, no, you're emotionally immature. But it's because I have a child and you don't. She was like, I have a dog and I have a house. But she just took it. She took all of these insults he threw at her. And he was just like, yeah, okay, so moving on to my questions. And then again, he just insulted her. And then he was like, yeah, great, we're done with that. And she was just absolutely blindsided by all of these comments. Crushed. And he acted like nothing had happened. He's scary. I want to reach out and give her a hug. I do as well. We can see you. This is not in your head. I wonder if the experts are going to intervene because I think they were yeah. a little bit too soft on him. We've also got the new couples. Have you watched that episode? So I haven't seen the new couples. Uh, they all look like children to me. <laughs> 
We've got JJ and Bianca. So JJ is a, a business owner. He's got his own clothing business. I did look them up on Company's House to try and like see how much money they were making and things like that. Couldn't find anything. I love how invested you are. I'm really invested. And then I found them on another website and I was going to have to pay £15 for a report on his returns. Uh, his accounts are overdue as well. So JJ, sort out your accounts. <laughs> But yes, I didn't pay £15. Very nearly did, but I didn't. So anyway, he's a business owner. He's got his own business, his own clothing line. He lived in LA. He's very much like, I'm used to dating beautiful models. I mean, cool, well done. He was matched with a hair extension specialist slash business owner, Bianca, who seems very sweet. He's said that he doesn't find her attractive. Ugh. He's talked about how he's dated Victoria's Secrets models. I think what's happened here is JJ has gone to America the girls have been like, oh my God, you're British. And he's just had, you know, girls throwing themselves at him left, right and centre. Has he got a bit of an ego? Yeah. Now he's come back and he thinks he's God's gift. If he's God's gift, well, where's the receipt? <laughs> um. <laughs> okay, so, and then the other couple we had were Erica and Jordan. So, again, not much to report on them. Jordan has made a whole thing about talking a lot. Um, and there was a bit of uh, footage of him sort of interrupting Erica a bit, but they seem pretty happy with each other so far. So we'll have to see see where that goes. I'm a bit overwhelmed by the addition of new couples. <laughs> I'd only just gotten to grips with the ones we've got, and now there's more. And we haven't lost anyone yet. I feel a little bit not territorial, but I'm like, what are you doing here? This isn't your show. <laughs> But I'm sure I'll get emotionally attached to them soon enough. Give it a week. But yeah, not a whole lot to to report on them. We'll have to see how it unfolds. Exciting. Um, just before we end, though, I just did want to take a moment for the, the sycamore gap tree that was felled. It's so sad. Who would do that? Have they arrested someone now? They arrested, like, a 16-year-old, and they've arrested a 60 year old right but i don't think anything's come of it but i was talking to my parents last night because i thought oh well the tree is dead and apparently the tree is not dead and it will grow it will grow from the stump into a bushier tree i mean it will take a while but um there is hope natalie there's hope for the tree oh that's good but it's just it's one of those things where you just think is this why we can't have nice things humans are the worst aren't they <laughs> they really are thank you for listening everyone to episode two uh we hope you enjoyed yes and if you did please do give us a rating on spotify you can also find us on instagram at idle gossip we'll see you next week for the next episode can't wait whoop, whoop. thank you everyone bye bye bye